this is it is another week in the books with the on deck tv podcast i am spike lou man holler at your boy animal brown animal underscore brown if you're looking for me on social media absolutely and i am spike lou on those same social sites holler at your boy boy glad to be back in the saddle talking hip-hop as we do coming absolutely. off that awesome versus southern hip-hop extravaganza with ugk and a ball and mjg i loved it hey we don't have that on the rundown but quick but tell me what you thought of it though you, you said you fuck with it it was it was oh my god well yes, worth the wait 100 one of my favorite verses yeah. people that don't know you just stumbling upon this podcast man we're southern hip-hop like con- connoisseurs yeah. so for this one this was similar to the e40 and too short for them this was similar to the locks and dip set for the East Coast. This was our version of that, man. And I officially felt like the nigga, you know, when you were young and your mom say, man, that's my song. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> when when they was playing them hits, man, that, that's that's what that was like. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What'd you think? I had a blast listening to it, man. And it uh, it made me appreciate how dope. I already knew how dope UGK, how A-Ball MJG was, but it just hit even harder with some of them joints that you ain't heard in a long time. Like, it just hit, man. Like, them, like, them niggas is cold, man. A-Ball MJG held their own a little more than I thought they would. Uh, but I, it, was, it was much closer than I anticipated, I'm not going to lie. I definitely called that. I called that. And somebody brought this to my attention. If Pimp C had been alive, that probably would have been the best verses in the history of he verses. That would have been his stage. Verses were made for niggas like Pimp C. Y'all he thought Jada Kiss did his thing? Yeah. Nigga, nigga, Pimp C, Sweet James Jones? It would have been right he there. He made that motherfucker a show, nigga. Yeah. Now, if, if, if Pimp C was alive, because this was supposed to have happened a long time ago, it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. If Pimp C was alive, this would have happened already. Yeah. Because they already would have known what time it was. Yes, facts. That is a fact, man. R.P. Sweet James Jones, man. Absolutely. Uh, man, we got an action-packed episode. Guys, first off, well, not first off, but coming down on the rundown, man, Fat Joe says entourages are costing rappers millions. He gives a personal example of that. We're going to talk about that. And the game says that 50 and Jimmy Iovine paid him to ease off of the G unit back in the day. We're going to talk about that, whether we believe it or not. And then we're following up on time magazines, most, most influential people. We're going to flip the script, man. We're doing most influential labels. All right. We've got 10 labels that we're going to talk about that are the most influential. We're going to go deep into why we considered them. And also give some honorable mentions too. So stay along for that. But first and foremost, the most streamed artist of the year numbers are in so far. We've got the top 10 list. Drake leads the pack with NBA Youngboy on his heels at number two. Taking a look at this list, what stood out most to you? What stood out on this list most to me, this isn't hip-hop genre. This isn't classified. It's every artist. Yep. So if you go over the top 10 list, seven out of the 10 artists are hip-hop I didn't even count the weekend. That would have made it eight. Yeah. I was just being generous. However, when we talk about hip hop being the number one job, when we talk about hip hop pushing brands and all of these things, when you see pushing P and everybody try to hop on what hip hop is doing, this is why. 
the kids are consuming the music via streams. They're getting they're like they're they're making themselves familiar and making stars out of hip hop artists way differently than we seen before because you don't have to go through a label. I don't have to go buy a full project. I can stream my favorite songs and we're seeing it play off. Even with NBA Youngboy being so-called banned, shadow banned or whatever. Maybe I can't tell. Getting, yeah, not getting as much public light that you would usually see from an artist that's right behind Drake in streams, but you usually never hear him. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because like you said, NBA Youngboy is number two on this list above household names for the most part. And I couldn't tell you the last NBA Youngboy song I heard on the radio uh, or get just major clock pub. You can turn on the radio right now. Drake so sexy is going to get played. Yes. The song with him and Future going to get played. You know what I mean? Like you can write. going to get played. Future <laughs> going to get played. Drake. Yeah. Like you said. Kendrick All of that. Song. The weekend shit going to get played. You're not going to hear Youngboy, bro. All of them. Yeah, yeah, but you're not going to hear young boy, and that's impressive. Um, so I, I got to give him props. It's not anything that I'm necessarily into, but at this point, it doesn't matter. And it also, Drake still being number one is interesting because I, I feel like people tried to write Drake off last year. Um, who was that? Charlemagne was like, yo, it's a rap. It's little baby's time now. Um, you know, Drake is washed. I, I think people are waiting on the Drake slide. And it hasn't quite happened yet. He has managed to keep himself present, whether it's by his own shit or something that he's featured on. He has always managed to keep himself just enough in the spotlight to be in that top three spot without wearing out his welcome. And that, that, that's very interesting because it's he's on a very his streak is crazy right now. I'm not sure if we've seen a streak quite like this. And it it hasn't slowed down. The momentum is still there, and that and you would think by now it would have tallied off a little bit, and it hasn't. Three billion streams in the first six months—that's insane. That's impressive, and uh, I agree with you about the streak. Very impressive. I disagree in the sense that Charlemagne was wrong. I think the two things can be true. Drake is still a corporate darling, like people, brands. Like, he is still the go-to guy for people like we fringe fans of rap, moderate rap fans, pop rap fans. Drake is the dude is going to continue to be the dude. There's nothing wrong with that. But because, like we just said, you have so many ways to consume and get music, it's not the same when we talk about what's being played in the locker room. That's what Charlemagne's referring to. Like, what are the high school, like, if I roll up to a school, what they listening to? And as Kevin Durant said, like, niggas not listening to Drake in the locker room like they were when I was coming up. They just a little baby now. So I do think what you're saying is true. The run is impeccable, but also you can kind of see the changing of the guards with the younger artists. And even with someone like NBA Youngboy, he don't have a third of the corporate support that Drake has. And he's, like you said, is literally on his ass. Yeah. And it's I would I'd like to see them work together to be honest to see what that does for NBA Youngboy. I don't know if Drake would do that though because yeah, that might close know. the gap. Yeah, just a, a couple of stats behind that. His last album or one of the last albums that came out, Sincerely Contrail. Yep, six billion streams. Yeah, six billion streams. <clears throat> NBA Youngboy has one hundred gold or platinum singles. One hundred. 
Do you think or platinum singles? Do you think he would be this popular before streaming? When we had to go get CDs out of Best Buy, he would have been like Boosie. He would have been like Boosie at the height of his popularity. Boosie was very popular at one point too. I yeah, for sure. That as a knock, but yeah, he would have been like as popular as Boosie had been. He wouldn't have had a hundred gold and platinum singles though. Right. It would have been more street shit, more mixed. Yeah. Tapes, more like yeah, like like Boosie shit. He would have been yeah. He would have been getting 30, 40 a show Facts. easily every Facts. night. <laughs> Facts. For but he sure. wouldn't be in Becky's home. Right. Or, or in Utah or, or South Dakota. You're right. They wouldn't have had the access to him like that. Man, I seen Key Glock pull up at a show. First of all, I didn't know Key Glock was as popular as he is. And one of the fans was rushing the, the, the window. She was like, hey, Mr. Mr. Glock. Was it Mr. Yeah, she called yeah, him Mr. Glock. Glock. That yeah. was fucking hilarious. We love you, Mr. Glock. <laughs> and that was funny as shit. And oh. that goes to say, like what you said, that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago, but that happens for NBA young boy, Key Glock, Kodak Black now. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of room for people, man. The gatekeeper shit is, is old with, man. You can get in where you fit in now, dude. Yeah, you got the music and the grind. You can do it. Yep. Speaking of grinding, music, doing it, mainstream, all of those other things. Leading into this, Nori says you shouldn't have to go to mainstream media anymore if you're hip hop. Based off those streaming numbers that we just heard, he's probably right. Yeah. My question to you, does Nori have a point? Is Ellen DeGeneres and Letterman and Today's Show and Tonight's Show the place for hip-hop artists to go? Or should they be more focused on hip-hop media platforms? Yeah, see, I thought this was interesting. He took to Twitter. He clearly had some things to get off his chest. Uh, He said, quote, David Letterman is my favorite, but man, why go there or Ellen before Million Dollars Worth of Game or Joe or The Champs? He said, I've been the best to this culture. I have always put hip hop first. And I see you guys go to Ellen and Letterman and Zane Lowe and treat them with more respect than the culture. But you say you want black excellence. So this came at very interesting timing because Cardi B had just done David Letterman's show that comes on with Netflix, I want to say. Yep. She had just done that. Now, he also turned around and claimed that he wasn't referring to Cardi B. So I have a very simple question before I say, is he right or is he, does he have a point or not? Who are you talking about, bro? Who in hip hop goes to these outlets and hasn't gone to the other, quote unquote, like culture outlets? I can't name one person, bro. I'm like, I, don't, I don't know who he's talking about. We talking about Kendrick? Kendrick goes to Big Boy. Mm. We talking about Drake? He goes to Rap Radar. Like, who are we talking about? We talking about Kanye? He's been on a breakfast club. He, like, what, he's been on, on Nori. So obviously he's talking about Kanye. Who are we talking about? Who's left? That's what I was confused at. So in order for me to say if he has a point or not, as it relates to people going to other outlets and treating them with more respect, you're going to have to get specific, bro, because I can't think for the life of me who you're talking about. Mm. And it sounds like you're just talking. <laughs> you don't like Nori. You always think he's just talking. No, nah, Nori's okay. I, I, he's not my favorite podcast host, but he's okay, though. He got mm. something going on, obviously. It's working, right. whether I like it or not. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's clear. I think he's talking about Cardi. And for him to be able to protect that relationship, he can't come out and say that, Cardi, you should have did my show instead of Letterman, because you sound dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you sound dumb when you put it that way, like you said, like, Cardi, you should have did my show instead of Letterman. Instead of the big dog Netflix show with the king of late night, you should have did my show, the hip hop show. 
But yeah. when you come out, like you said, and you don't put a name on it, you put an overall, it should fall under this guy's thing on it. Nori's right, because hip-hop is the most streamed culture, like we just went over with these numbers. Drink Champs, Breakfast Club, uh, Million Dollars Worth of Game, the On Deck TV podcast, Joe Button, wherever you want to go and get hip-hop information, you can go get it, and it's even other ones that I haven't mentioned that you right. can get to. So I agree. You find what you want to do as an artist, and you go out there and you speak to the culture, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't go speak to mainstream media as well. Because that's how it became the biggest genre. Those fringe fans that we talked about, just like with Kiwi, I love you, Mr. Glock. Yeah. Those people probably don't know what Drink Champs is. Like they just streaming the music and wishing that they were following the Instagram. Like they're not listening to Nori. What we love about him, like that really don't cross over. So they do see him on the Today Show and you have to keep that thing going. So you got to do both. Like it ain't an either yeah. or thing. It's like, I'm here. If I'm a big dog, I can do both. I agree with him. The hip hop outlet shouldn't be forgotten, but I definitely am not going to stop doing the big dog outlets either. Who, so but uh, that uh, one, I, is, I agree with you. Huh? Who is forgetting them? Like Cardi B has done breakfast to club. He's talking to Cardi because she did that interview probably before she did like has he has she been on drink champs? She hasn't been on drink champs, but she's been on sway. She's been well, on he talking about Breakfast Cardi Club not doing his multiple interview. times, dude. He's talking about Cardi not doing his interview. That's it. That's it. like there could be say that else. then. <laughs> but he can't though. He can't because what if she busy? What if next week she can do the interview? Lori stopped drinking. He probably was frustrated, mad that he saw that. He just Literally. got the tweet off, man. But he can't come out and be like that and ruin their relationship. Cause I'm sure Cardi, like you said, she done it. She's done multiple yeah, like she culture like outlets. Cardi fuck with the culture. You're not gonna throw that on her at all. Like you That's why you sound silly, bro. So I mean, he just tweeted. Like he's just getting it off. He was frustrated that he didn't get it first. Maybe if he had so okay, let me ask you this question. If he had said, before you go to those mainstream places, before you do all that, we need the exclusive as hip hop brands because that adds value to us. And it ain't ruining nothing for Becky and them that ain't seen it in the suburbs. What if he were to put it that way and it was more thought out? Would you agree with him that we should have the exclusives because it's within our culture? That's a fair request. I still wouldn't know who he was talking about, though. Because Cardi B has nothing to push right now. Well, it don't matter who we talking about. I'm asking you what you think about that, though. Like, do you no, that, think that, hey, let's fair. stop here first? That's a, that's a fair request. I understand that. I would understand that. Um, it just but I, the way he went about it with this, I thought he was off. But I, I would understand if he came out and said, "Hey, y'all, this is what we need to do. We need to get on code, and any big dogs need to go to urban, black, whatever word you want to put outlets to do it. it ain't got to be mine. It could be this person's, this person. There's plenty of options out there. I, that's respectable. Yeah, but he that puts value to those on, platforms. Yeah, he he put name. He he specifically went Ellen. He specific. Is Ellen even come on still? Like I don't even know. Her last bro. show just came on last week, I believe. Uh, okay, like bro, I don't, bro. Come but on, but you don't bro. watch that shit either, though. Like you don't. Do you watch daytime TV? Where you I have? Don't. I ain't. I don't even watch that shit. They could be going on there. I have no clue. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I feel don't like it know. may have came across my radar, but I, I don't. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure David Letterman is like, uh, what we got next? Yeah, he can't. got to relax. Put the bottle down, Nori. Uh, no, he stopped drinking. Congratulations on him. He stopped drinking. He said he stopped drinking during the interview. Uh, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> um, Yeah, taking it to the West Coast, man. The game. He was doing an interview um, on all of the smoke. And he claims that 50 Cent and Jimmy Iovine cut him a check 
to stop dissing him, uh, to t- stop dissing G Unit. You remember he had the G U Not campaign back in the day. He says they cut him a million dollars to buy the trademark for G U Not so he could not use it anymore. Simple question: Do you believe that or not? I believe that. That makes sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because uh, the G U Not brand and what Game was doing, he took right out of fifty book, and it was effective. If you were around during that time, you outside, you remember how it was going. You couldn't believe that he was getting traction because 50 seemed, in fact, bulletproof, but game proved that he wasn't. And Graham with this GU nod and the big rat that he had running around, that was funny. Like, it, it didn't necessarily beat 50, but it made the other blows from Rick Ross that came later hurt even more. Because mm. before game, niggas was like, man, can't like this nigga goddamn rap Superman. He, man, this nigga just squashing niggas. Ja Rule, he throwing shots at Jay. And it was like 50 was the reckless dude that nobody could control. But the GU not thing, game splitting away from him, kind of challenging him. And, and nah, I ain't doing what you say. That was a fun time to be outside of hip hop. That's when beef was, it was kind of cool. It, Almost was dangerous, but not really. We knew them niggas wasn't finna do nothing. It was like some wrestling shit, but it was still entertaining. I remember it. I do think that they gave him a million dollars to do that because the plan, the marketing thing that he did behind it was in fact effective. Yeah, I could see this happening. I I wanted to call Cap as soon as I saw the headline, but when you think about it and how much they had invested in G-Unit with the clothing, the shoes with Reebok, the Echo deal, uh, in his words, the candy cane striped uh, tank tops, which I think was hilarious that he called them candy cane stripe. Um, all of that shit. They had a lot of money invested. And if they were seeing even the smallest dent in it because of this GU not campaign, then you got to go ahead and cut that little weak ass million dollar check. That, that million dollar check wasn't nothing. Let's be like, very clear. Yeah. <laughs> that was pocket change, nigga. And game was like, I should have asked for more. But he was like, I'm a hood nigga, million dollars. Like, oh shit, a million dollars. They probably got that out of the man, please. The the petty cash fund for 50s budget, nigga. Nigga, they got that out the couches of Interscope Studio. Nigga, it was a check right there in between the couch, nigga. Like how change be. It was a million dollars. Right. These discretionary funds, you can just write this shit off, man. A million, oh cool. But that's but uh that's a video shoot. I'll say this, I'm, and, and this, this will lead also into the next topic, but I'm loving the space that we're in with speaking to what Nori was alluding to, that hip-hop space, podcast space, where you can get these stories out because these are legacy acts now. Like, Game has seen a lot. He's got a lot of stories to tell. Like, that was a moment in time. That GU Not campaign was a moment in time. What we're going to get to in a second with Fat Joe, that, like, all this stuff is dope that we have a space now where they can tell these stories and it's ever, it's never ending, bro. It's like, it's crazy. I fuck with this shit heavy. Um, just wanted to put that out there. I thought it was cool. I agree. All the platforms, all the things, it's amazing. Fat, leading into that, man, Fat Joe was on Math Hoffa, his podcast. Um, and he said an entourage cost him a $2 million check. Almost. Almost. And he says he advises younger artists to move with less people to avoid situations like he was in. Um, you say you're scaring the money, basically, man. Do you think so? That's the case? Did he have a point? It depends. From what he was describing, Fat Joe was in the spot 
niggas was hanging out, all of these is his niggas, and the guy literally had a check for $2 million in his jacket, and I got to navigate through this crowd of niggas where we hanging out at. Yeah. So if I'm hanging out, I, I yeah, I can still hang out with my crew, and I don't think that's bad. Like, I, I wouldn't say right off your, your people that helped you get there or the people that you want to change their lives. I think that's dope. Yeah. But when you say entourage, I think that gives a negative connotation because people assume that those are hanger-owners. But you can have an entourage that exists of, like, effectiveness. Take LeBron James. I let my niggas hang with me. Now look at Mav. Look at all the niggas that I probably don't know that have jobs in LeBron, LeBron's organization. Look at Hove. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. similar to what Wallow was right there talking to, I believe it was Dirt, and he had that room full of niggas right there. Yeah. And we addressed it on this podcast, like, were they listening or not? I'm not sure if they were because I'm not sure if they were like doing a job or they were just there like hanging out like Fat Joe said. Because if you give niggas something to do, you give them an investment in the brand too. Like, hey, you do this, you do that, you do that. This is what you're getting paid for. Then those niggas, they got something to lose too. They got a role. Yeah, now you got a role, you got got something to lose, you got some drive, some purpose. Now you're not just hanging around Asking niggas is coming in with $2 million. Like, oh, what's up? Like doing stupid shit. Because, you know, my nigga, we, this business going on. We ain't hanging out right now. Yeah. Everybody here got a job to do. Ain't no reason a nigga come here with a check for $2 million that you even talking to him. That ain't yeah. part of your job. Yeah. With that being said, I don't think an entourage is a bad thing because it does help us get us where we need to be as far as jobs and teaching us what we need to learn within this industry. So we won't got to go outside of it. So I think entourage is good in that point, but you got to give people something to do. You got to give them a role. You got to give them a way to make the money instead of losing the money. Like Fat Joe said. Yeah. 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 Was it teach them how to fish? Yeah. You teach them how to fish. Then they'll fish forever. If you take them and give them a fish and they'll ask you the next yep. day. So let, let, first of all, Fat Joe telling a story. He, he has this epic ass way of telling stories. It's hilarious. One of the best in hip hop easy. Dude, he was talking like he was, nigga, the godfather, and you literally had to walk through a hundred people just to even get to him. It was fucking hilarious how he told it. But that's what he said. He said he was trying to do a deal with Red Stripe, the beer, and they wanted him to be a spokesman for a campaign. Okay, cool. And the guy flew up to New York to meet him, and he said literally there was a hundred gangsters standing in front of Fat Joe, and every 10 gangsters he got past, they put his hand on his chest, like, where do you think you're going? I'm, oh, I'm just here to see Mr. Joe. Yeah, no, no, you're not. You know what I'm saying? I like, know you're not. And then he later saw him and said, man, I had a $2 million check on me for you. So here's the thing. An entourage is okay. A um, hundred niggas standing in front of you is, that, there's got to be a difference between an entourage and a fucking mob. They are baller blocking. You are blocking the bag, dude. Literally. Yeah, he was on some <laughs> and he was on some real street shit though. Like he can't act yeah, like yeah, he don't sure. know why them niggas was there. Like, yeah, get out of here, nigga. Y'all, you know what's going but on. But this was this was a CEO in a suit, bro. Like this nigga wasn't a threat. <laughs> wait, wait, you should have we should have had that meeting somewhere else. Like got this nigga pulling up to the hood with a two million dollar check. Man, you go meet him. All the niggas here hanging out. <laughs> like I, I I get what Fat Joe is saying, and the, the premise is cool, but like it's more on him than it is on his homeboy. It's like, bro, you the you the CEO, nigga. You need to make the good call as to hey, uh, y'all got the goal, or I'm gonna dip. Like, I ain't I'm but I'm definitely not calling the red stripe dude. Hey, you're pulled down here on 133rd, my nigga. Yeah, just we we're right over here at the bodega. 
I'll be in the back. It's, good luck. <laughs> Nigga, get out of here. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I will say I, I'm not mad at him saying, hey, be a little bit more strategic yeah. with the entourage. Yeah. Um, I understand it is strength in numbers, and there will be moments where being a hundred deep will work to your advantage. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that's always the case because we're seeing it now, man. Sometimes that can mean you and a hundred niggas can be ninety nine co conspirators, dude. <laughs> like at the end of the day, and do you really right. want that? Like keep your circle small, you know what I'm saying? And and everybody plays a role, and you grow it from there once everybody understands their role. I know LeBron got. We, we named LeBron. He got the same three niggas around him. Like, let's be clear. And the same 20 niggas, the same three niggas that employed 20, 25 more from there. Same with Jay. He name dropped the same three or four people, dude. And they have branches off of that that create jobs and all that stability and all that good shit. So I, I say keep the initial circle small. Everybody has a role. And then from there, you branch out and grow, man. Because once they get it, then they can teach the people that's under them or next to them, and then they can get it. Because people got to get it, bro. You can't have 100 niggas in the room with Wallow and Gilly and six of them understand, bro. Then them need to be the six that move with you. Yeah, it can't be. You can't roll like that if you got the goons. You can't take the goons, Jerry. Got to be more careful, man. You're going to end up like Hamill. Um, Big facts. Nigga. Most influential labels. This is, this, this is interesting. We have 10... And I, I, I'm assuming we probably have a similar 10. Um, and I'll say this. When you were thinking of the, the number of, of labels that you were coming up with, when you think influential label, like what does that even mean? Like what, what do you have to consider? That's a great question. Again, like you said, this list came from people's most influential list we were doing oh, time. brainstorming or excuse me time okay yeah. most influential list and we were doing some brainstorming from that and thought hey what would be the dope ones for hip-hop so when i think about it i think about the impact that people were made how did they leave the charge like were other labels copying them were they leading the charge were they not even able to be copied like just people that left an imprint on the game where like you can even see glimpses now Mm-hmm. of the impact that they've made in the game. That's what influential means to me. It ain't necessarily have to mean the most sales. It ain't necessarily mean that you had the hottest artists all the time, but just influence, impact. When people talked about hip-hop, they talked about that label. For yeah. you, what did it mean? Yeah, see, I, the ones that I selected all, they can either A, represent a region, like when you think of a region or a place, you automatically think this label that's associated with them. It's almost kind of like it's bigger than, than, the, than where they're from. Like when you think of Kleenex, like you just call that item a Kleenex, even though that's a brand, that's not the actual name of the thing. Right. So it, it could be Kroger brand. You're still going to call it Kleenex. Like that's the, when I think of that type of association, that means that the brand is bigger than the actual item itself. So that's how I look at some of these in terms of location, where they at, like some of these name association, I can name where they had, you automatically know the region or the state or the city that they represent because they had it on their back and the whole time and they represented it for a long period of time. So that was one of the factors that I, I took into account when looking at some of these. In addition to success or, you know, uh, people that came behind them, trendsetters, things of that nature. But um, 
I'm interested to see how many we have that are similar, though. Yeah, as we were doing this, too, I thought when we mentioned honorable mention that I would have a lot more, but I really mm. got just a solid 10 that I was cool with when I counted, you know, how you just start jotting stuff down freelance. Sure. And I was like, let me see how I many I can just write that I know I want to use. And when I got to the end of that list, I was like, okay, this, this is 10. Yeah. So it really ain't. I would have to think for an honorable mention where I thought I would just have a list and be reading from it. Did you find yourself having a lot more than 10 or were you right at the number? I've got about three or four more than 10, but they belong in the honorable mention list okay. only because there'd be some overlap with like the people that came before them. So the people that came before them, I have to give them precedent on the list. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to the ones that are clearly influenced from other labels. So that's what made them honorable mentions for me. Mm, okay. So again, this for me in the ranking. It's just the right. 10 most influential, similar to the list that I've seen. But yeah, it ain't like this is number 10. So what are give your me five first? though? Your your first five? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, give me five. And I'm I'm gonna make a I'm gonna mark which ones you say that I, I got to. Well, it's probably Def Jam. Hold Bad on. boy. I did not have Def Jam, but I'm gonna tell you why. Because I looked at Dev Jam as I was looking at more like subsidiaries. Mm -hmm. well, I'm Jam. referring to Russell Simmons Dev Jam, like the way we read the books and he talking about I was getting this started and Rick Rubin. I'm talking early Dev Jam. You got to go Dev Jam. That's a fact. Yeah. Man. That was the first one that I started with. Dev Jam, Bad Boy, Rockefeller. Facts. No limit, cash money. All right, stop right there. <laughs> That's obviously those are also all online. of those. Yeah, you probably had except for Def Jam. Where did you have for five instead of Def Jam? Uh, so I'm gonna tell you, I, I'll give you my first five that off the dome. These are immediately what I thought of. I thought No Limit, Bad Boy, Cash Money, Rockefeller, and Rough Riders. Those are the first five off the dome mm. that I thought of. Obviously, No Limit representing a region, representing a sound, having a ridiculous rollout, dropping albums every week. Like that shit was huge. The marketing, having the coming soon, as soon as you open it, you had next week's release right there in front of you. All of that shit was genius. The No Limit Pendant, the no, the Soldier branding, like all of that shit was genius. So that obviously was, was up there. I had Bad Boy for him being able to puff, being able to have more than one type of genre. So he had hip hop and he had R&B on Smash. Like, no, let me have R&B like it. Not, that, not that anybody really cared about. That Sons of Funk. Yeah, Sons of Funk pushing inside of you, you know, whatever the fuck. Too. But yeah, that was What was shit. the other nigga name the song? What was the dude, the solo act? Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Yeah, Pause. exactly. <laughs> um, and aside from a Mercedes, classic album cover you know what i'm saying like it really wasn't nothing mainstream puff had mainstream rap success and mainstream r&b success damn near neck and neck so I, that's why i had him up there cash money obviously groundbreaking deals they changed the sound of music they went from the no limit they were kind of like the anti no limit even though they were from the same area but like the stunting and the bling bling, they brought all the material shit to the game for better or worse, depending on who you ask. 
And then I got Rough Riders for that New York grime that kind of we related to, I would say. Like, it was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't really get the grime of Wu-Tang, but I got the grime of Rough Riders. And then Rockefeller, that's, I mean, come oh, on. It's, yeah, that go, that go without saying. Label ever, right. Yeah. Yeah. But Def Jam, I didn't think of Def Jam, and I, I feel slow because that's clearly like the greatest label of all time, you could argue. Right. They got the longest run, biggest stars. One hundred percent, and it was reading the, the the books that Russell Simmons had that made me familiar with the whole process and uh, like life, love. What is life, love, death, or whatever it may be? Yeah. But just again, we grew up in the bad boy Rockefeller No Limit Cash Money era, so we were able to see how they built that out and how it worked, and, and kind of see Cash Money go from the high boys to bling bling, like yeah. three in two summers, and you could see Master P go from Ice Cream Man to uh, make them say uh, like yeah. we saw that play out, and it was so dope to read it in Russell Simmons' book of how that played out when yeah. it was run DMC and they were working on the first thing when they couldn't get in this club. And now we doing songs with Aerosmith. Like yep. that's fire. That's the, 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 when I was looking for labels, that was part of the thing that I picked. I didn't even think about rough riders though, to be honest with you. And, yeah, that's the, fair. and the reason why it was not because they weren't a great label. I think the person that I put in their place that you probably won't have now that I've heard your kind of New York people is Rough Riders, I always looked at them as little brothers to Rockefeller and Bad Boy, not as a slight at mm -hmm. all, yeah, but yeah. just not as influential as I would say that some of the other labels that I have are. And then the one that I probably have replacing them is newer, the newer generation, and I feel like had a stronger impact on the newer generation of labels. Mm. What are your next two? Um, so my next five. What five? <laughs> And you probably don't have this either, but I, I had to because of the impact. I have I have Devro, I have Young Money, I have So So Def, and I have Rap a Lot. Mm, I got Rap a Lot and I got Defro. Defro go without saying like that. Yes. That was the first big West Coast label. Yeah, we all know, we all know about that. I have Young Money because that was really the first time. That he's probably that's probably the most successful artist ran label. That's Wayne shit. He birthed two superstars with Nikki and Drake. You never see that happen. Like and and then coming off of Cash Money, who we thought was dead. So it, you just don't see you can you can name a thirty artist labels, bro. Everybody done tried. Eminem done fucking Slim Shady Records, nigga. Dirty ENT. We we can go down a list. No one has sniffed an artist under them that turned into Drake. It's not even close, dude. It's not even or possible. Or Nikki. Or Nikki. It's not even close. So that's why I had Young Money. Um, so, so deaf for the same reasons. I had to have an Atlanta label. There was just no way that I couldn't have a list without an Atlanta label. Um, mm. and, and I put them as like the down south bad boy because they had an equal rap and uh, R&B success. And then rap a lot. That's just Texas. I couldn't, Texas is too big of a piece of the hip hop map for me to omit them, even though they almost didn't make it. Um, but I have them representing a whole era and a region and some of the best artists of all time. So Facts. that's why. Like, for rap a lot, Jay Prince is the South's version of Suge Knight or mm. the South's version of Puff. Like, it, okay. like those 
characters and those people, the way that they do it, West Coast South, the way that they do it, East Coast South, great representation of that from the South is Jay Prince. That's why I had rap a lot. Yeah. Scarface, substantial artist for a long time there, but that that's essentially why I had it. Like you said, that's a Southern staple. The three that I had that you didn't have, because of course I had Death Row as well. Yeah. I just dipped into the new school and I tried to see, hey, what now what I feel like is an influential label compared to the ones that we grew up with. So I didn't want to leave those guys out. And I would say the first one that I thought of was Griselda. Because for a minute there, it was because of Drake, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, it was singularly driven. Like it's a superstar at the head and who the fuck else knows is on your label. Yep. But then there was a rumbling from Combat Jack when we used to listen to him. And then it got big as far as people weren't mentioning Conway or they weren't mentioning Jess Westside or they weren't mentioning Benny. It was like, have you heard Griselda? Yep. Like the whole label, we got a whole style that we doing. And it may have registered more with us in our age group because we were familiar with that from the past. But I think that for the new school, just because I like the flavor that it brought to it, Griselda. Yeah. The other, TDE, obviously because of Kendrick Lamar, obviously because of black hippies and what they, the new version of what we see on the West Coast for a record label. Wish they would roll it out like Death Row did or No Limit did. But I think the the influence and what they do for Kendrick Lamar has shown other labels and they keep putting that into effect for new artists to come out like Baby King. And I know Polo G is not on TDE, but I just seen the the Kendrick Lamar familiarity and his rollouts and stuff like that. So TDE, I feel like, and lastly, but not least, QC. Like you said, you got to have an Atlanta Mm -hmm. label. How could you not? So So Def was an awesome pick. I just didn't think of him. J.D., I respect the hell out of JD. Just I just don't put him on the big dog CEO level, and that's disrespectful of me because he definitely is. But when I think like Puff and I'm thinking the people behind these labels, even DNY with Rough Riders, like JD just never pops up there, and he should. Yeah, for sure. He just doesn't for me. So that's why I had QC and what they're doing now and the influence that they have. Shout out to Coach K and P. I had. TDE on my honorable mention. Mm. And it's only it, but I have battle with that because they are, I did want to have somebody who was more recent. There was a couple of recent ones that I didn't end up adding. I did want to do that, but I had, I had uh, Dev Row from the West Coast. And so that's the only reason, but I, I can definitely see TDE being in here. I did have a couple though mm. that we haven't mentioned that I had okay. for honorable mention. And I wanted to have a Florida label, so you could have went slip and slide. You could have went MMG just because of the impact of Miami. Yeah. And MMG is a really successful artist-ran label, and not many people can say that. Like they had, they had a nice run with. That's a- the closest to what you're saying as far as Wayne having Drake. That's what I'm saying. Ross having Meek. That's the closest to it. And, and he came this close to getting Nipsey. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that almost happened. So, when you have a roster of – you have Wale, Rick Ross, Meek Mill, all in their primes. You got Omarion for the R&B shit. You got a couple of – you know what I mean? You got Stolly. You got a couple here and there. Okay, well, they're Rocky Fresh. Okay, cool. But that's a nice roster. Like, you got some role players and some stars. 
and some all-stars. And so, like, I, I almost put that because of the Florida influence. But then I also almost had good music because mm-hmm. that's probably the deepest, probably one of the most talented, not including Dev Jam, not including, I'm saying artists ran labels. That's a real roster. When they had Common under Kanye and when they had Pusha T, Big Sean, Kid Cudi, like that's a lot, John Legend, that's a lineup, dude. That's a starting five. If, if, if there ever is a label starting five. So I almost put that, but I just didn't, I, there was the OGs I wanted to put in front of it though. The yeah, good music is a good one because I thought of that one briefly. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, Tiana Taylor. What, what about 1017? Gucci man, but he didn't keep a lot of artists, but a lot of them started under him. Like you, you could go thug and Migos, Migos, like yeah. yes, sir. Like Bank they were fresh. briefly signed them, and then they got bought out. Like, yeah, he he's and we did a whole episode on the Gucci man effect too. Y'all man. check that out in the archives. How many careers he's touched, but from a label perspective, nah, nah, not not really. Not really, even though what he had juice man and Walker. Yeah. So like well, man, he was eating he and Nikki came through there. French. That's true. French, yeah. Yeah. Now that's true. Like, he done touched yeah. a lot of a lot of acts. I almost I, well, I ain't almost put it. I also had hypnotized minds. And the only reason I say that is because of the impact that three six music had on like Atlanta crunk. And like it was super influential. I think hypnotized minds and three six walked. So like Lil John and all the crunk shit when Atlanta popped off could run. And now when you look at cadences and quote unquote, the Migo flow, like that's kind of originated back from three, six days. And so I, I almost had them, but they fit better as an honorable mention. Mm, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. What about the screwed up clip? You ain't even familiar with them, nigga. Shout out DJ Screw. Let's go flip. The hardest roster in Texas. Let's go flip. I believe Flip was unscrewed up quick. He was. What? Come on now. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, I noticed we didn't mention Grand Hustle, motherfucker. That's what we didn't mention. He's the honorable mention. The easy uh, Young Dro. Young Dro, the third one on that list behind um no behind Drake. Being no. signed to Wayne and behind no, next is young Dro being signed to T.I. Shout out Dro, man. And I was so happy when, when Dro came out of the verses. I was so happy he was still polo down. Yeah, I'm disappointed I'd have been if he, he would have had on. If he had uh, switched it up to like, yeah, like. The gallery yeah, department like had it, a, a Miri yeah. jeans and shot. I'd have, been, I'd have been hot. I would have been hot about that. Like, Dro got it till he died. Like, he got to be buried in polo. That's a fact. That's Just like, go ahead and run that on out. Casket. On the, uh, he got to have a horse on the casket. <laughs> got to do that. That's the way to go. That's the only way to, for Young Dro to go out is the horse on the casket when they close that motherfucker. <laughs> hey. I would have been so let down had he came out in some 2022 shit. I would have been high. Facts. That is a fact. Hey, let us know, man. What are some of your most influential labels and why? Uh, leave a comment, youtube.com slash TV, um, Instagram at TV show as well. We've got some wins or some losses. Um, Pete Rock, legendary producer, hopped on Instagram to give his thoughts on New York Drill. He called it trash. He called it doo-doo. He said Mm. it's doo-doo music and it's bad for the soul. Win or loss, man, Pete Rock giving his opinion on Drill. 
this is a big W for New York drill rap. Anytime you get the whole old heads, excuse me, talking about his trash and hating, well, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, they did it with our generation, and they did it at P. Rock's generation. So I'm sure the kids love that he's calling their music trash. It means it's probably banging to them. Big yeah, w. it's an L though. He he he's <laughs> taking a little bit too deep, man. Like I get it. I know the violence is like getting out of hand, and a lot of people are drawing the parallels to the music. That's for that's another debate for another day. So I get his frustrations with that, but bro, like come on, bro, like the whole old head young music. I can't stand this. This is trash. I don't understand it. So it's garbage. That that wave is super played out, and I thought we was past that. That was um, generation. That's whack. Uh, win or loss, man. Young Miami's mom, okay, had to respond to a blog site saying that she was thirsting after little baby for leaving heart emoji comments, <laughs> heart eye emoji comments under his picture. Win or loss. It's an L for the fact that she had to release a statement, go that's out and be like, whoa, I only left it under there because I fuck with him. Like, and not like that because like my daughter is on his label. Yeah. That's a big L, but uh big W for little baby, man. Have you seen young Miami mama? I have. Yeah. It's a oh. W. Um, yeah. Shout out to young Miami. My agent gracefully I had to shoot a shout out. You seen that comment? Might as well. Nah, that's too much. It's too close to the bread. It's too close to the money, man. That's too close to home. You can't do it. Yeah, she an old head. She definitely know how to. Hey, listen, listen, man. She gonna hey, keep it to us. <laughs> did you see the picture that she commented under though? No, nah, I didn't. We had to stop being racist. Shirt on with the Cleveland Indians hat. They were wearing them out. <laughs> <laughs> They were wearing them out, dude. They were like, um, that shirt looks nuts Damn. with that hat on, but it's 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 layers. That's, That's all. funny as hell. You gotta blame your stylist for that. <laughs> Getting your check, doc. Imagine it with the Indian hat, man. That shit looks funny. nuts. I thought they were the commanders now. What is it? The old school hat? You got the old nah, you hit the old school Cleveland Indians hat on. Yeah, they with the Indian name. face, though. With like That's the, funny as hell. The caricature Indian face. I never know who they're talking about now when they say their name. Commanders. Oh, but that is funny. Oh, uh, last one, man. Winner lost Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown from your Boston Celtics just are the first two artists to sign with Donda Sports, Kanye's new sports management company, man. Winner lost. This is fire. I'm, I'm happy for Kanye being able to expand the brand and spread black excellence and i was all set ready to get some big w until i read that antonio brown was the president of the company oh my god i am out on anything that antonio brown got going on uh if they have a real structured don the sports setup then i love it and i love to see these two that because they're big name athletes going over there and spreading the wealth but not if Antonio Brown running the show, bro. I ain't signing up for nothing dude got going on at all. Yeah, no hate, but I just ain't signing up for it. This is a W in the sense that Aaron Donald just won the championship. He just won the Super Bowl. Jalen Brown is playing for the championship now. So that's insane. That's two big fish yeah. that you just scooped up. So that's dope. But Antonio Brown can't – he couldn't run a 40 for me. Like, I'm no nigga. Like, he couldn't enough. intern. 
<laughs> I don't need you to do nothing but take ECTE tests, bro. Like, that's all. You can chill, my nigga. You, you, gonna, you just commit yourself to the CTE research and you can come hang out and everything. You can be whatever you want to be. He might have been, they might be using him just to kind of his connections because he, he's still kicking with niggas in the league and shit. That's so maybe true. that's what he is. He the mascot. Yeah, maybe so. I ain't no, mad at that. Well, respectfully. Yeah, not in the sense that he's ignorant. Though. Right. I, I couldn't do it. Oh man, on decker of the week, we're going to YouTube. Shout out to Master Beats 101. Uh, he commented on our top 10 favorite summer albums. He said, Man, some of my favorite summer albums were Riding Dirty in July. Yeah. MC8, We Come Strapped, also in July. Bone Thugs and Harmony, East 1999, July mm, 25th. I remember that. P Ghetto D September 2nd and Hot Boys Guerrilla Warfare July 27th. That's some heat right there. Let me tell you how hard that East 1999 hit. Man, oh my God. That came out in July. Do you remember? I was going to date myself here. Mm. I was going to the eighth grade that year. Mm. That shit was still in like heavy rotation. Yeah, when we got fun. to school that year, like nigga, you ain't you ain't on this bone. And it was what July, August, September. It was like three months old. Yeah, no, nah, but that's, that's music used to last, man. Yeah, I was gonna say now that I think about it, ain't that because now three months, like oh shit, it came out three months ago. But it, yeah. yeah, three months ago then wasn't that bad. You're right. But that shit slapped though. Oh, that very album. clear. Crazy, <laughs> nigga. Shout out to Master Beats, man. Uh one on one. We appreciate that comment, big dog. Uh, what you got to put on? <clears throat> Got a couple of singles I want to put you on. I came across on my hike up Stone Mountain this weekend. Wasn't really workout music, but it was dope that it came across. Simba, your guy, he got he a cold. song called, uh, you listening to the Goats single? He's ripping that. Ripping it. If you ain't he co- do cold, though. He is. He is really good. I fucked with this thing. I had this on repeat. Yeah. Going up Stone Mountain. Perfect place for it, in my opinion, for my ski. And um, Sci single. Sahai got a single with Jacquees off that EGOT album that we were talking about. Yeah. It's called Angels, I believe. No, nah, I thought it was uh name of it. Was it Tears or some shit? It is called Tears. You're absolutely right. Yep. That's banging too. Two new banging singles for you to go check out in your streaming platform or, or iTunes store or wherever you get music. But that Tears and the Goats by Simba. Yeah, that's banging. Um, <clears throat> Simple cold though. I'm ready. I'm ready for him to get some type of production because somebody yeah. get a hold of him, he gonna go crazy. Hope he don't go take your boy route. What's your man name? Did you? Oh, Los. Yes, please. Hope he don't go that route. I don't either. Shout out to my guy Kendall. He put me on Simba. Sent me something on Instagram of him a long time ago, and I was like, damn. And I, and I went down a rabbit hole looking at some of his freestyles, and I was like, damn, this nigga cold. So shout out to my guy Kendall. Um, I have two put-ons. One, it is a beverage, cactus water. Mm. That's how you stay young out here in these streets. <laughs> cactus water, prickly pear cactus water. It's pretty good. Straight from the source, the cactus? Yes, straight from the yeah. source. Where you get Somewhere, that? Somewhere, some like desert. Trader Joe's or some shit? I got this from Walmart. I ordered it online. Oh, okay, I got you. You know how that Walmart, it ain't really Walmart. It's like nigga, the world. Somebody Walmart is covering all bases. Now. They got <laughs> you can get Gucci off Walmart site, Jordans, <laughs> niggas, the ice, whatever you want, nigga. Walmart got it. We don't got it, but we gonna get it. Faux PF chain, man. Whatever you need, dude. 
Um, but no, it's really it's really good. They put a lot of skincare stuff has cactus water in it, so it's supposed to be real good for your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to the movies this weekend as I usually do. Reluctantly went to go see Top Gun because I've never seen the first one, so I didn't really know what the fuck was gonna happen, and was thoroughly surprised because that new motherfucker was tough. I heard he got like a ninety eight on Rotten Tomatoes. On Man, that shit was hard. It's the ending is predictable. It's it's like a happy ending, blah 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 blah. But it's very entertaining, and they didn't use any green screen. They use so the airplane shit is all like real shit, and I didn't know that. I was like, damn, and it looked really good. It translated really well to film. So I was highly entertained, but I wasn't expecting that shit at all. I was like, damn, is this what the first one hitting on? I need to go back and watch this shit because this shit tough. They Um, had uh, Tom Cruise fly in the actual plane. Yeah. Like you said, the pilot. All of them did. His fate, yeah. All the actors flew in the, I mean, they weren't flying. Yeah, they were sitting in the back. Yeah, they were in there though. (laughs) Oh, that's damn. That's 20 million a movie right there. That's why he made 20 million a movie. And and he produced it too. So, you know, he getting that back end check stupid. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. I definitely will never be checking that out at all. That shit was good. It's it's one of them ones that you need that if you did see it, it need to be seen in the theater though. Mm. Like it, it's like a good theater. It's like a good summer theater movie, bro. Like it just it's dope. It makes sense. Yeah, summer. Movie. Um, guys, that's another week in the books. Uh, again, leave us a comment, man. Some of your favorite, most influential record labels. Who do we leave off? That's what I want to know. Somebody gonna put Dirty ENT. Somebody gonna put a Quimini Records. Somebody gonna put something that's gonna be ridiculous and I can't wait to see it. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Anything else before we get out of here? Shitting on Dirty NT twice in the episode was nuts. Shout out to whole Murph Jerk, my guys, Ali, uh, the nigga name is Kiwan, Nelly, all my guys over there in St. Louis, man, holding it down. Oh, sir. It's the On Deck TV show. We out.